0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This message was recorded on May the 22nd, 2022. The word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. Now let's follow along in our Bibles. Luke chapter 22, and let's go to verse 31. Luke 22 and 31, and we're going to stand... We're gonna read down to verse 30. We're gonna read verse 31 and 32. We're gonna stand. Now I want everybody to read with me. And I want us to read with some authority. Can we do that this morning? I'll read it for the King James Version. I wanna hear you when we read. When you have it, please say amen. I'm gonna wait on one or two more. Wait on, I see Sister Evans is using that digital Bible. Okay, she's finding it. You found it, Deacon Dobie. Twenty two and thirty one. Everybody good? Say amen. amen. All right. Let's read together. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for bringing us to this place and bring us to this spot. God, we thank you for truth. Hallelujah. We thank you for something to fight against the deception of the day and this wicked and perverse generation. Lord, we ask you this morning through the word of God to strengthen our faith, God. Our faith is under attack. I see it. We see it, dear Lord. We are experiencing and are in the midst of the great falling away. God, many people that have started out strong in the faith have been hindered by this, that and the other, Lord. And and many, many hardships have been thrust upon them, God, and their faith has failed, God. I pray that you anoint me to preach a word, God, to restore the strength of our faith one more time, God, so that we may be able to go and convert the brothers and go convert our sisters back into a place of revived and renewed strength, God. Renew us like the eagle's wings, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I want y'all to help me with this topic this morning. I want you to say, Satan, Satan. Leave, my faith alone. leave my faith alone. Amen. Leave my faith alone. Now, just because you said that, that don't mean he going to do it. Uh-uh. Yeah. But it's a good declaration to have. Amen. So before we, we look at this text here, and let's, let's find, I, I, like I said, if I don't hoop and holiday, y'all done heard me do it before. Amen. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, talking to Peter, Behold, now, be, now check this is what he's saying. I want you, whatever you're doing, Simon, I want you to stop. Jesus is talking to them and teaching them and helping them. And the feast of the unleavened bread was drawing nigh, and Paso- which is also called the Passover. And this is about the time that Jesus is going to be getting ready to be crucified. His, what we call his passion. And uh, we know the great sufferings that he went through as far as the scripture tells us. And he's talking to them and, and giving these great revelatory truths unto them. And Jesus breaks character. Where's Simon? Somebody find Simon. Come here, man. Come here. I, I, you know something is important when people break the character of their conversation to address it. You, you ever been doing something? Before? Oh, as a matter, you stop. Hey, as a matter of fact, while I got you here, I got something to tell you. And, and this is what Jesus is doing. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, stop what you're doing. Behold. I want you to listen to me now, because I am well acquainted with the entity I'm getting ready to talk to you about. As a matter of fact, I beheld him fall from heaven as lightning. I know him very well. He tempted me in the wilderness. He's been trying to destroy what the Father has created from the beginning. His name? Is Satan. He's the devil, the deceiver. And watch this. He desires to have you. The devil wants you. But look at his purpose. He wants you to do what? To what? What does he want to do? What does the verse say? To what? Sift you as what? We. He does not want you to make you better. He does not want you to bring about improvements in your life. Satan does not want influence over you to cause you to do things that will make your life better. Satan is not in the business of life enhancing. He is in the business of using things deceptively that mean you no good to ultimately bring about your demise. One scripture says it in this, in John chapter 10, the thief cometh not, but for to what? Steal to kill, and to destroy. Now, how is he going to do this? He's going to introduce three things to you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are the courses of this world. These three points. The Bible talks about Jesus being tempted in all points likewise as we are, but yet was without sin in the wilderness. He was tempted with all three of these points. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the Bible says he was yet without sin. Well, Satan knows that that's not something we can do without the help of the Holy Ghost. And so what he's going to do is introduce these things to you and wrap them up as fun. He's going to wrap them up and package them as pleasurable things. That's why the scriptures call sins the what? Pleasures of sin. Right? How many of you know to your flesh, sin is a pleasurable thing? You had a blast when you was doing it, didn't you? Nobody is, most, most people, the, the drunkard is not going to go to the liquor store and be like, I'm pretty sure after I take this drink, I'm out of here. Nobody is hitting the blunt saying, this, this is going to be the one that kills me. Nobody is out, nobody, nobody's out here doing that. Why? Because it's pleasurable. I feel like we would win a lot more people out of their sinful lifestyles if we would just be honest with them about it. And say to them, I know you enjoy it, but I'm telling you it's killing you. I know that it feels good to your flesh. Can I tell you something? It's supposed to. But what the adversary is doing is wrapping up sin and calling it something different. LGBT has got its got his own name now. And they call it alternative lifestyle. We're not going to repackage that. It's called sin. That's what it is. The devil has a way of repackaging things that God has already labeled as sinful and harmful and detrimental and bringing them to you on a silver platter. He ain't going to make you do nothing. But what he's going to do is tempt you at the point of your desire. The devil knows what you like. He knows what you want. As a matter of fact, he spent all your unsaved life getting you to do the things that you liked and enjoyed. And what happens is now after you've been born again, it is his goal to reintroduce these desires to your flesh one more time. So that, and he's going to do it with very subtle. He's he's going to sneak up on you. The devil is not trying to get directly in your face. He wants to sneak up on you. You know when the devil gets bold? When you're getting ready to be delivered. That's when he gets bold. That's when you see uh, people being possessed with demons, and when they know that demon knows he's getting ready to get cast out, he goes crazy, doesn't he? That demon start cussing and writhing and falling out and trying to tear up stuff because it is his goal when you're about to be delivered. It's his goal to scare you to go backwards. He wants to introduce fear. He wants to introduce the thing that you struggled with before you got saved in a way to immobilize you so much so that you wonder if you even have the faith that you thought you once had. The devil wants your faith. This is what he's doing here. He wants to sift you like wheat, but Jesus gives Peter a remedy for it. He said, I know what the devil wants to do. And so how the sifting works is, during the wheat harvest, when they would break down the grain, the wheat, and they would go through a sifting process in order to get all the nutrients and the the substance that they want out of the wheat, and what was left, they would keep it. Satan wants to sift all of the substance out of you, one drink at a time, one alcoholic fit at a time. One act of fornication, one lie at a time, one sinful act at a time. Satan wants to sift all of the substance up out of you. Remember the parable of the sower? The, 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 the seed that didn't fall on good ground that couldn't take the, all, it was exposed to all the elements, but there was one thing that had one um, seed that, took, that was planted and the Bible said that the enemy came and went while we were what sleeping. The enemy comes in. The devil wants to come in and attack your faith, but the first thing you've got to do is get you to put your guard down. He wants to lull you to sleep. How does the devil get you to put your guard down? He, 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 he gets in your boss and tells him he needs to work 50, 60 hours this week because the devil knows you won't have time to pray. He knows you won't be focused on fasting. He's going to introduce one element of one more heavier element of life at a time into your very existence until you don't have time for God. And now your flesh is wide awake, but your spirit man is asleep. And so now your guard is down. Now your guard is down and your faith is exposed. And so the devil is going to try you now. He's going to try to sift you like we. Every word that's been prayed over you, he wants it out. Every prayer that's been prayed over you, he wants it out. Everything you remembered from Bible class, he wants it out. He wants you left with nothing but the opportunity, but the, but the negative opportunity to stand face to face with him by yourself. Because the devil knows that you, he don't stand a chance when you come with when you come with God. He don't stand a chance when you're fasted up. He don't stand a chance when you're prayed up. He don't stand a chance when you're in your word. But when you have neglected your spirit, man, days and weeks and months at a time, he wants you just like Goliath did with the children of Israel. He wants you isolated, away from your relationship with God. Do you remember what David said, Goliath said? He never said, send me out the army, send me out the men. Goliath said, send me out a man almost 10 feet tall, he wanted to tower over one man by himself. He wanted that one uh, warrior, that one soldier to come stand face to face with him so he could tower over him and introduce fear into him and get him isolated by himself. But David said, I'm not going to do it. He said, you come with your sword and your spear, but I come in the name of the Lord. You will not cause me to be isolated on this year. I've fasted way too much and prayed way too much. We've lost too many friends by now trying to serve the Lord and too many opportunities by now trying to serve the Lord to mess around and try to face the devil in our own strength. When the Bible says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. We've got to be on guard, Deacon Doby. So that our faith can be strong. We've got to do everything we can do to somebody say, feed your faith and starve your fears. Amen. Let's, let's deal with some misconceptions about faith. Faith is not a mechanism to get God to do whatever it is we want him to do. We have flipped Hebrews around so much. For Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But we flipped that thing around and made it seem like without faith, it's impossible for God to please us. No, 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 no. that's not how faith works. Faith is not some magical leash that you put around God's neck like he's a dog and you make him do your bidding. Faith is a mechanism that God has given us to be able to do his will and to have him be pleased while we're doing it. Faith is a tool that enables us to please him. The scripture lets us know that. Therefore, faith must have an object. And what the adversary wants to do is to separate you from the object of your faith. And what is that object Hebrews 12 and 2 lets us know? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher of our what? Faith. If you ever want to know, you, got, you buy a device or some sort of thing. If you ever really want to, if something goes wrong with it, you can call the manufacturer and find out what's going on. You can get on the phone with technical support and you can get on the phone with someone a dollar a 1-800 number and say, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. How do I fix this? How do I correct this? Well, Jesus is that tech support for your faith. And when your faith is struggling and you don't know how to deal with it and you don't know what's going on, it's time for you to get in prayer and call on the object of your faith, Jesus Christ, and say, Lord, help me fix this. I don't feel like praying. Help me. I don't feel like fasting. Help me. And when I do pray, I feel weird. I feel disconnected in my prayer life. Lord, before I am dissolved by the enemy, help me. Faith is baseless without it being rooted in something. So faith must also have an object, which is Jesus Christ, But it is not just some abstract belief gathered from the imagination, but faith is based in the word of God. And faith is not foolishness. Now, it may seem foolish to the world, but as we talked about earlier, this is Sunday school. You don't understand the things of the kingdom if you hadn't been born again. So they don't get what we do by faith because they are in our house. Check, look, faith is not foolishness. In Hebrews 11 and 7, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11 the hall of faith, all these great men. Now, let's prove this. Uh, the Bible says, by faith, Noah built the ark, right? He was a preacher of righteousness. He builds the ark. Now, notice that Noah did not build an ark and then pray for a flood. That's not faith. That's false doctrine. Our faith must be rooted in what God says, the word of God. Noah heard a word from God, and then he built the ark. So notice the position that Noah would have put himself and his family in, in the eyes of the people, if he would have built without a word from God. Also notice how Noah's actions would have caused the people to view God. Faith makes you wait on God. It does not make you lie on God. A lot of people are upset with God and have lost faith in God because they built an ark, hoped for a flood, but never heard from God. Faith must be rooted in Jesus, the the author and finisher of our faith, and then we must find what Jesus says and move on that. See, what the adversary wants to do is to make us, cause us to run to false finish lines and invest in things that God never told us we could have, and then when God doesn't do it, we lose faith. And God's like, I never told you to pray for that. I never told you you could have that. And like Indians, like Native Americans would do, uh, or the rain dance, you know why the rain dance always worked? Because they never stopped dancing until it rained. That didn't mean they made it rain. Then you have, oh, look a hill. They've been dancing. And Native Americans would dance for months at a time for the rain, and then they want to believe that they're dancing sent the rain. Absolutely not. We must have, when your faith is rooted in the word of God, you will be able to stand like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. You shall not be moved when your faith is rooted in God. And another thing, faith is not without works faith without works is what? Dead. Now, some people today, the false teachers, will tell you that baptism in Jesus' name is works. And all the stuff that we do, righteous living is works. And once you get saved, Jesus already did everything, so you don't have to do nothing. You are good to go. Somebody say, uh-uh. Uh-huh. Now, let somebody say, prove it. it. Alright, fine. A bossy crowd. I'll prove it. Alright. The Bible says by faith, right, The children of Israel went through the Red Sea. That's what happens in in, in Hebrews 11. The Bible talks about by faith, the children of Israel went through the Red Sea. Now, let's apply the modern-day definition of faith. Faith means you don't have to do anything. That's what they say, right? That's what they're saying. You don't have to work. You don't got to do nothing. Well, let's go to the Red Sea. Let's rewind and go there. God uses Moses. Moses parts the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's army is right behind them, ready to kill him. And the Red Sea parts, and Moses says, congratulations, stay right here. By faith, you're already on the other side. Because if you go through the water, that's works. And you shouldn't have to do anything, because God already did everything for you. You know what would happened to them? The sea would have closed and they would have died right there on the banks of the Red Sea. This is how the adversary is attacking our faith, by using false doctrine to convince us that what God said, he didn't mean it. We we should not be so gullible as to do such a thing. So, faith does not make you rush God. It only makes you, and, it, and it, it does not make you rush God and only invest in what you can see. Because a matter of fact, faith is all about having confidence in a realm or a kingdom place where you can't, where you don't invest on what you see at all. Because faith is the substance of things hope for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. The first time I got on the airplane was in law school, and the plane took off. Let me tell you something. I prayed. I showed sure enough prayed, Deacon. I ain't. I was almost about twenty-eight years old. I had never been in no airplane since ever. I showed sure enough pray, prayed, Deacon. Evans, I showed sure enough prayed. I was like somebody said, "You scared of flying?" I said, "No, I'm scared of crashing. As long as we flying, I'm fine. It's that nose dive that I'm terrified of, you know." And we got up there, Deacon Doby. And the the, the tail caught a little wind. I said, "Put this thing down, man. Come on, put this thing down. Get me off here." And I started praying. I said, "Lord, get us there safely. In the name of Jesus, Lord, if you can make an angel fly, you keep this plane in the air. Hallelujah, Lord, I need your help." And then the plane landed safely. When the plane landed, I don't need to pray for. I don't need faith anymore, because I've landed. I've made it. So whatever you can see, you don't need faith for it. Romans 8 and 24 confirms that. He says, what is hope? What was the purpose of hope if you've already got what you hope for? Why are you still hoping for it? It's here. And so with that being said, faith is not going to enable us to invest in things only because we can see them. As a matter of fact, God ain't going to show you most of the time anyway. He's just going to tell you to believe him. He's just going to tell you he went to Abraham they told Abraham, leave your family, your kindred, everybody. And the first time Abraham heard God's voice, he left. Isn't it interesting that Abraham is called father of the faith, but nowhere in the Old Testament do you see anywhere where the Bible uses faith, in relate the word faith, in relationship to Abraham. Nowhere in the Old Testament will you see the Bible say Abraham had faith. Abraham moved in faith. Abraham operated in faith. You'll never see that anywhere in the Old Testament. But based on what he does, he lays a ground principle for faith. He teaches us that faith is not just what you say. Faith is what you do. Because if you've got faith, you will act upon the faith that you have. And with that being said, because Abraham heard God the first time, and then he left his family... That teaches us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Does that make sense? And then Abraham started walking where God told him, teaching us that and laying the principle, and he couldn't see God. So Abraham taught us we walk by faith and not by sight. This is how your faith works. And the devil wants to remove you from these rooted and grounded principles in faith. So that if you never see God, hear God, or he does not if he doesn't do what you want him to do, then you're going to abandon him altogether. And Jesus tells Simon, this is what the devil's coming after. He's coming after your ability to trust me when you can't trace me. He's coming after your ability to trust me when you can't see me. He wants your ability to be rooted and grounded in me when I'm not talking to you. Because anybody, true faith in God, true worship of God does not begin when God says yes. It begins when God says no. He said, the woman comes to him. He said, it's not meat for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. You know what Jesus told that woman? He said, no. That's what he was saying. This ain't for you. I'm not giving it to you. She said, you, you spoke good. I hear you loud and clear. Call me what you want to call me. But even the dolls get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus commends her for her what? Faith. Say, I ain't seen faith this great in all Jerusalem and all of Israel. What is he saying? When Jesus looks you in your face and say, I'ma send you, I'm going send you, I'm going to give you the job, but you ain't going to keep it. Will you still take it? When Jesus says, I'm going to let you go to the college, but I ain't going to let you graduate, will you still go? When Jesus says, I'm going to give you the car, but I I might not let you keep it, are you still going to trust him? I'm going to let you preach. I'm going to let you teach. And you're going to have some days where you don't even want to do it, but will you stick with me? It's what Jesus is asking. Jesus wants someone that is committed. You know the difference between a fake rose, a plastic rose in a pot, and a real rose in a pot? One's rooted and one's not. You've got to let your roots down in Jesus. Now, this is the day and age where our roots got to run deep. Our roots got to run deep deep. There's so much stuff out here that wants to distract us from walking with God. How deep will your roots run? Can you still trust trust in God's church when the church hurt you? Can you do it? Can you look no good pastors in the eye and still say, naked came I in the world and naked shall I leave here? Can you look at your brothers and sisters in Christ that have hurt you and still be able to get down on your knees and say, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge? Can you do that? How strong are your roots? Are how deep will your roots one run this year? Because the devil is coming for folk. You know. You know there is something about uh, on the Serengeti. Is that in Africa? I believe the Serengeti out there that where all those animals are and whatnot. If you ever notice the when when the the when when uh, 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 what's it called a pride of lions? A group of lions is called a pride. And you ever notice that the gazelle that they go after? They'll they'll see, they'll see a gazelle standing by itself, walking, and won't bother it. But they'll see a gazelle by itself limping, and that's the one they go after. You ever notice that? Because there's something in predators and in prey embedded in their DNA that says go after the weak. But can I tell you something? God flipped that weak stuff on his head. Because with the saints and our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. So when the, that's the last time that the devil should come bother me. Because if I'm weak and I'm fasting, God's got me. If I'm weak and I've been praying, God's got me. If I'm weak and I've been in the word, in the word of God, my faith is going to root me so much so that no matter what comes, hell or high water, I am not going to lose my faith in God. You'll be able to look the devil in the eye and say, man, leave my faith alone. D, he, he says here, now here, here's the remedy. Here's what I love. The enemy is going to come after all of that, Deacon Doby. He's coming after all of it. But Jesus said, I prayed for you. If none of y'all prayed for me, Jesus did. If none of us pray for you, Deacon men, Jesus did. And you can make it through his prayer. Lie on me if you want. Jesus prayed for me. Call me what you want to call me, but Jesus prayed for me. I'm alive today, and I'm strong today, not because of my own strength, not because of what I've found out, not because of where I've been or where I've gone, but I'm standing in this pulpit literally on the prayers of Jesus. That's what causes me to be rooted, who he is. I'm strong not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. I belong to Jesus. Isn't it a beautiful thing to know that? That you belong to Jesus? Now, check this out. Jesus could have prayed that Peter did not deny him, but he didn't. Jesus could have, Jesus, noticed. Jesus didn't say, I pray that you don't get attacked. Notice, Jesus could have said, I pray that you never backslide, but he didn't. That's interesting. Jesus could have prayed, I pray that you never get sick, but he didn't. He said, I pray that your faith don't fail. That's because that's what's going, your, your flesh is not going to enable you to connect with me. And so when your flesh is weak, I need something in you that's going to enable me to be able to connect with you. Because you may find yourself on your bed of affliction, but if you believe in me, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, and he'll never let me be ashamed. You're going to need something to hold you and to root you and to ground you. Because life has a way of throwing a bunch of I don't know what into your day and you don't know what to make of it but what you can do is get down on your knees and say Father I stretch my hand to thee no other help I know if thou withdraw thyself from me whither shall I go on Christ the solid rock I stand and all other ground is sinking sand we've come this far by faith Leaning on the Lord, trusting in His Holy Word, He never failed me yet. Deacon Evans, when He fails me, I'll let you know. But don't wait for the text because you might not get it. Jesus doesn't want your faith to fail. Now watch this, Deacon Dobie. Not only He doesn't want you, but check this out. He tells Peter, "I don't want your faith to fail." He doesn't say, "And when thou art converted." Go have a blast. Because he said, I want, I want your faith to be strong, and it ain't even got nothing to do with you. Jesus is putting you through what you're going through right now for someone else. Because next year, somebody's going to go through it, and you'll be strong enough to help them. Somebody lift your hands up to the Lord and say, God, thank you for trusting me with this thank you for trusting me with this. I don't like it, but thank you for trusting me. I want out, but thank you for trusting me. I wish it would change, but thank you for trusting me. God said, I want it to be different. I want more money. I want more finances. I want more time to pray. I want to be closer to you. I want everybody around me that's bothering me to leave me alone. But since it's not going to stop, thank you for trusting me with this situation, God. Somebody's going to call you and ask you, what did you do when they molested you? How did you make it? Somebody's going to call you and ask you, what did you do when you got evicted, when your car got repo, when your family was sick? How did you make it? You're going to tell them that my faith never failed because Jesus prayed for me. You ought to hold on to your faith. You ought to get a bulldog grip onto it and bite into your faith and sink your teeth into it real good. You ought to be able to taste your faith in your mouth. You ought to salivate at the possibility of being able to grab a hold of your faith. My God, in the name of Jesus, he tells Peter, this ain't even about you. You know the reason why our faith fails sometimes? Because we selfish. God, I've served you for so long. Why can't I have? God, I've done everything you said. Why can't I have? The Lord said, because this ain't the time for you to have. I need you to help someone else. You told me that, 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 that I could do what I wanted to do with you. You got down on your knees and prayed and said, I'm yours, Lord. Have your way. And then when he starts doing it, you get mad at him. Pick a side, man. Choose ye this day who you're going to serve. Put someone else first for a little bit. Is it going to kill you to pray for someone else? Is it going to kill you to come out to the church on your lunch break and just lay out on the carpet before the Lord? Is it going to kill you to do that, Is it going to kill you to park your truck at a truck stop and just lay out before the Lord? It ain't going to kill you. These are the things that are going to strengthen your faith. He said, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. I, 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 I'm going through because I got to help somebody else. I don't even know who it is right now, sister. Mary. I might, you might not even know who it is right now, but someone is at home crying before the Lord right now saying, God, please send somebody to help me. God, I'm going to die. Everybody around me has turned their back on me. Lord, my family don't believe me. Everybody's laughing at me. Everybody thinks I'm a liar. Everybody thinks I told them I'm depressed and they don't even care. They they, they, they didn't have anything to offer me. I'm scared out of my eyeballs. I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. And here you are mad because God's strengthening you. It's time for you to use this faith that you've developed to go grab somebody else. Come here, Deacon Doby. Hey, you, you, you've got to learn. Come here, come here, come here, D. Come here, D. You, you, you've got to learn. You've got to learn how how, how act, act like you're sad. Act like you're crying. Just act hurt. Act hurt. You, you, you got to learn how, even if you're crying, you've got to say, Come on, bro. If we if, if I cry, you cry, we cry together. You've got to learn how to hold him up. you got even if you're weak, you've got to learn how to say, Come on, man, come on, man. We're laborers together in God's vineyard. You're gonna make it. I know it hurts. I feel your pain. The Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. to pray for you, but I'm come to tell you, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. And maybe you might ask me, well, who is the King of glory? I say, he's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. The Lord will help you bear your brother up. Somebody lay hands on yourself and say, I got to bear this one. Pray, pray for yourself right now. Pray for yourself right now. God, if you ain't going to bring me out, then give me the strength to bear it. In the name of Jesus, God, be my strength, God. You've been my rock. You've been my shield. You've been my buckler. You've been my fortress. You've been my safe haven. You've been my safe space, God. You've been my city of refuge. And all that I have is yours. What's mine is mine? Is dying God I'm yours oh Lord everything I am everything I'm not everything I've have everything I've got I'm yours Lord I feel my faith rising up now I thought I couldn't make it I thought I was gonna die I thought I couldn't take it but before I knew it I was laying hands on a sick and they were recovering before I knew it I was snatching somebody out of depression before I knew it I was praying somebody out of homosexuality and lesbianism because God gave me the strength to hold on to my faith. Hang on in there. You just got to tell the devil, leave my faith alone. God gave every man the measure of faith and you've got to flex that thing like a muscle. You've got to work it out. Why do you think the Bible calls the gift of miracles, the gift of working miracles? Working of miracles. Because you got to work that thing sometimes. Ah, yeah. this This is important. This is important here, saints. Ah, yeah. As saints, I found out, and as leaders in the Lord's church, I found out that people will reach out to you for help from places that you've never had to deal with before. The Lord will call you to a place to help someone that you're utterly afraid to go into. And the Lord will say to you, baby, you can do it. Son, you can do it. We have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, what? Abba, Father. Father, help me. He's going to say, boy, if only you knew. I've been helping you. I was listening to a a snippet of me preaching and I said something in there. I forgot I had, totally forgot I had said Deacon Zimmerman. I said, now that I'm saved, I have absolutely no idea how I made it unsaved. How did I make it so long out there without the Lord? And then I realized the only reason I made it when I was out there is because of the Lord. Lord. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions fail not, but they are his mercies. They are brand new to us, word, daily. Don't let your faith fail. The devil wants you to turn your back on the church because he realizes this is your last chance. The devil understands better than anyone else the possibility of leaving God and never being able to get back. That's where he wants you. And you know one of the main reasons why the devil can't stand us? is because he said, I already can't beat Jesus. But now he gave his spirit to all of y'all. Now I got to fight Jesus and the church. Lord, why'd you make them so strong? Lord, why'd you get inside all these raggedy folk that have done raggedy things? Jesus said like this, because I can. And he that has begun a good work in us is faithful to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. To everyone that's listening on by way of the podcast, let this be the day that you realize that you'll never let your faith fail again have faith in the gospel repent and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission for the removal of your sins and receive the baptism of the holy ghost the tongue-talking holy ghost if you have enough faith he'll do it if you've got the faith god's got the power amen and amen we hope that you have received something valuable from this message We want to thank you for your time and support. God loves you and so do we. Have a fantastic and blessed week. Amen.